Hello, welcome to the Faultline Social Podcast. Today I'm going to be talking to Cody of the band's Mortality Rate and Serration. Um, we go over how he started the band, um, some of his influences, uh, where all his lyrical content kind of comes from. Um, and we also talk a few sort of personal things in regards to his tattooing and uh, his, you know, booking Wild Rose Fest. Um, yeah, hope you guys enjoy. Anyway, hey, how are you? Not too bad. Yeah. Just hanging out. Back in lockdown then? Yeah, yeah, for three weeks. Damn. Yeah. No tattoo <laughs> for three weeks. Yeah, fine. I'm so over it. Or like, I mean, we all are, but to do it again, not into it. Yeah, well, I mean, we're looking like a lot better now. I think things are really starting to ease up now. Yeah, we like a lot of people here now starting like the vaccines rolling out big here now and yeah, all I that shit. They, I think they like had a trial show here not that long ago. In, like, yeah, saw that. Uh, it's getting there. It's getting better. But it's a shame nice. that you guys were in lockdown because you were doing really well at first. At first we were doing in, like so good. Sucks, man. It sucks so bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah and then right around like October it started getting really bad. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed we can hang out again next year, eh? It's not going to be this yeah. year now. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. let's talk about your bands. Which yeah, let's one, do it. Which one was first? Mortality Rate. Uh, just so if you how it started then. What made you sort of become a drummer? Uh, well, at first I played guitar. And then uh, like in junior high, I started. Yeah, I started playing guitar in junior high, high school. And a buddy of mine... Um, also played guitar, but he, like his dad was like insanely good at playing and he got to pick up so much stuff from him. And I just got like super, like, I just got really uh, like frustrated with it. So I was just like, yo, I just like, I asked my mom, I was like, can I just buy a drum set? And she was like, yeah, that's cool. And uh, yeah. So I, I've been playing drums since like grade, like when I was in grade 11, which was fuck, 2005. But wow. that back then it was just like back then it was just kind of like I had a drum set just to like mess around with. Mm. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. So when you say obviously you used to be a guitarist, does that mean you have sort of involvement in the writing process? Guitar wise. No, not really. Like Coulter knows I can play like a little bit, but he's like, oh, right, right wrist, right wrist. And I'm like, dude, like I I only know how to play like like the songs that I already know, like like Metallica shit. <laughs> yeah, I could I couldn't put a song together, like oh, or really? even yeah. Oh, fair enough. Okay, so yeah. what? So, so uh, one one of the questions really is mortality rates obviously so kind of unique, and especially from what I can see, like in Canada, I don't think there's many fans like mortality rate in Canada. So where did that sort of sound start and come from? What are the influences behind that sort of sound? So in, uh, so me and Jess, like, I remember shooting Jess a message and, uh, I was just like, yo, do you want to start a band? Cause I asked her like a, a year or two prior, if she wanted to start a band and never really worked out. And then I was like, yo, let's get this ball rolling. Let's start something. And at first, like our influences were like, seriously, like toxic Holocaust and like heavy, heavy, low, low. Wow. So just, yeah, like two completely different sounding bands. So we just kind of want to do something that has like, that's pretty catchy. Like toxic holocaust has like a lot of like catchy riffs and then get weird like heavy heavy lolo and at first some stuff was kind of like that and the people that we had too in the beginning of the band like i'm like great at like writing guitar like our old guitar player danny uh him playing like an acoustic guitar like he can write the most insane sh- like like some dallas green you know soft like acoustic stuff like so good at that but if you ask him to play like you know write a hardcore riff he's like can't do it i can't do it so like this it was a slow process like getting mortality rate going as far as like the stuff that we have now but the, yeah what we have now sounds nothing like what heavy heavy low low would be here yeah well <laughs> yeah well, that, that supposed me to be fair i didn't expect the influences to sort of be that but no yeah this sounds I know, amazing yeah like i know jess wanted to start a like a side project a few years ago with our, our like a, a buddy of ours that lives not too far from here that kind of had more of like a heavy heavy low sound yeah because jess and i like geek out about that band <laughs> yeah so did you ever sort of anticipate that it was going to get to where it did because obviously you guys have come to the uk now 
obviously you've toured yeah. quite a lot. Did you ever expect it to be sort of where it's at now? Yes and no. Um, like I told Jess, like when we started this band, I was like, if we do this, like, let's make it count. Like let's, let's actually do stuff with this band. Cause like the stuff that I've been in prior, like we would play, you know, we would play a few provinces like around the city, like from where we live or like the odd like festival, like just in Vancouver, like, or by Vancouver, but nothing touring in the States, nothing like that. And then when I asked Jess to start this, I was like, let's, like bust our fucking ass. Like let's tour as much as we can. And she was like, let's do it. Wow. So how long, how yeah, long like, have you guys been a band for now? We started like late winter, early spring of 2014. And then started touring around probably around 2014 or 2015. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But then like the ball, like, really started going around 20 like late 2015 2016 yeah so did yeah. you guys find it hard because obviously canada seems to have quite a good scene however it's very like jotted about obviously there's a yeah. lot of distance between the two different, oh yeah like, the different places so did you guys find it like difficult to sort of get the ball rolling with touring and shows and whatnot yeah it's pretty hard because like from where we live like the closest biggest city from us is three hours north and then uh like vancouver and stuff like that like that's like 10 hours away like all all the big cities are very spread out here so when you do like a week-long tour you're only hitting like you know like you're, you're you're playing six shows but every drive is minimum five to six hours wow yeah and then like obviously to go down to the US we needed visas and visas are expensive and those are only good for a year so it's like you know let everybody in the band know like you know let's try and do at least two to three tours in the US to make sure our visas count and then we don't like you know waste a lot of money on them and, but yeah so it it, it is it, that's why there's that's why too like a lot of bands kind of go like don't really get recognized too much in Canada I feel is cuz when it comes down to like touring in the US, um, it's just not really a thing because it's so expensive. Because wow. you can't really tell, you can't really like, you can't really tell, you know, a lot of people being like, hey, it's 1200 bucks a person. You guys want to go play the US for three weeks, like one time out of the year? And people are like, not a fucking chance. <laughs> yeah. <that's crazy. laughs> so was it a bit of a relief then when you come to the UK and you did Europe and it was like every drive was like two hours? <laughs> oh my God. Like, yeah <laughs> i mean there was there was a couple like our uk is totally different like, yeah all those shows were like yeah two three hours max and then there were some long drives like when we were more in europe but uh yeah same thing too like when you're on the east coast of the u.s or the west coast like all those drives are within max five hours that's like crazy. at the very max it's crazy yeah because like we played with you guys i think in like cheltenham and then it was like birmingham the next day and well, that's like an hour's yeah. drive like yeah yeah, yeah. That's, that's nothing like that's crazy. unheard of here like that's yeah. unheard of that's crazy so how uh how did serration start then so obviously serration you're the vocalist of serration so what made you one want to be a vocalist and two take that sort of heavy sort of metalcore sound instead of this like fast hardcore mm-hmm. uh so like Coulter, like any other guys, except for Jake, he like Jake, who's just still in mortality rate. Um, I wanted to do like vocals in a band for so long and uh, Coulter and all them had another band going. It was more of like a power violence or grindcore band and that kind of fell apart and then they just started jamming and then I remember they posted a video on uh, like their Instagram story and I was like, yo, if you guys need a vocalist, like I want to do vocals in a band and then Coulter was like, oh dude, we just got a new guy or we just got like our buddy to do it. And I was like, God damn it. Like missed opportunity. Right. And I was like, okay, well, if anything, if anything ever happens, just let me know and I'll do it. And then yeah, like two weeks later, he was like, yo, you still want to do vocals? And I was like, yo, absolutely. So even at that time though, I, I'd never done vocals in a band. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they would send me just like, uh, like video recordings of them, like jamming in their basement. They're like, Oh, here are the songs. So I would just like write to like what I could hear. Cause those guys still at the time lived like three hours North from me. So I just couldn't just constantly go back up there and jam with them. Right. So I'm just like listening and watching these like videos, just like writing lyrics and shit. And then, uh, they still don't know what I sound like. They have no idea. Like, I don't even know if I could do it. (laughs) Right. 
Wow. And then we, yeah. And then, so they recorded all of a uh, shrine. Uh, yeah. Shrine of eternal life. And then I went to the studio here, recorded vocals. And then I would send them like, I would play videos and just send it to them. And then they'd be like, <laughs> like, I was just like fingers fucking crossed. They like it. Wow. So how did you feel like playing the first show with Summation? Cause obviously being behind a drum kit and then going from being a vocalist, just being like sort of front of house can be quite nerve wracking. I mean, totally. I've, you know, I've been a drummer before and I find it super easy because you're just hiding behind a kit. But for yeah, me, I don't think I could ever be a vocalist. Yeah. I mean, at first it was very intimidating because yeah, I could just hide behind everybody else. Like I would just stand behind jazz and then like my symbols and shit like that. But I, like even looking back now, it's like I don't really remember being nervous. Actually, I, at first I remember I, I would like do vocals a lot with like my eyes closed, but I think that was just kind of more like just like a streaming thing. Like, and I was just like out of habit, I would just close my eyes. But then now it's just like I, I, I can't even think about how nervous I was because now it's just like secondhand. Yeah, yeah, because it's been so long now. So how long has yeah. duration been around for now? Twenty. When we start, I think like twenty eighteen. So okay. it's like three years now, maybe. Yeah, wow. that's cool. Wow. Yeah. So, what's what's sort of like the writing process between the two? Then is there a massive difference between the writing process for Mortality Ray as opposed to Serration? Oh yeah. Um. Well, like Mortality Ray. Um. Yeah. Well, like because here, like all of us live in the same city. Oh. Okay. So we'll but we'll all get together and just like right 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 and then just kind of like figure out like you know if we have to cut stuff out of songs and like you know that whole like writing process there and then with serration the very beginning um like jose uh matt and Coulter would write a lot of stuff and this is even before like jake was in the band because jake joined maybe a year after i did yeah about a year after i did okay. and uh um with like the new stuff, Coulter has like his hand like heavy in the pot as far as writing goes. Cause he just like Jake and Jose, it's funny, there's like they're amazing guitar players, but I, I don't think that like as far as Jake goes, Jake can write mortality rate riffs all day, every day. Yeah. But like when it comes to like thinking about how to write like a serration riff, I think he's just kind of like, I don't get it. But like he can play it. Like if Coulter shows him, he's like, Oh, I got this down. But Coulter writes a lot of that stuff. Yeah. And, and he'll like just shoot it in the group chat and be like, how do you guys feel about this? And like, you know, every once in a while, somebody like Matt will like, will come back with bass and be like, Oh, I have a riff that sounds like this. And then Coulter will try and apply that in there. But yeah, Coulter, his hands like pretty heavy in the pot as far as writing goes. And then he'll send me that stuff and then I'll just write along to it. That's sick, man. That's cool. Yeah. So in terms of like lyrical content, then is there kind of like a theme that you go for when you're writing the lyrics? More so like personal and just kind of like the stuff you see on like a day-to-day basis. Okay. Yeah. Like the one that Frazier did, like that whole song was kind of just like, like easy or uh, the pain of birthing golden ash was more so just like, uh, like busting your ass and like to work for absolutely nothing. You know, you could just be gone like in the, like the blink of an eye. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. And, then, and, I, and then like when I was writing that song it was right around the time too, like when COVID was happening and I was like, you know, like y- y- so many people take so much shit for granted. Right. And then like shows or work or, you know, seeing your friends and then that's all of a sudden amazing. it's just gone. And that's what kind of like pain of think golden ash was kind of is about. Yeah. I think the amount of times like, like during COVID I was like damn I wish I'd just gone to that show beforehand or like do you know what I mean and you just take it for totally. granted yeah or like oh I wish I wouldn't have bailed on so and so last week yeah it's it's bonkers yeah um, so as a drummer then what are your kind of influences uh a lot of like death metal like I like a lot of like napalm death yeah I like a lot of that stuff um what else? Yeah, you can really see that to be fair. You're such a quick drummer, such a fast drummer. Yeah, like you can really see that. I think, like, yeah, Napalm Death's a huge one. Like, I grew up like listening to a lot of like Nicholas Barker. Okay. Yeah, like he's one of my favorite drummers. Um, trying to think, like, who else? And it's like, so when Mortality Rate started, it was around the same time when Slipknot put out the Gray Chapter. Okay, interesting. And there's like, so like Jay will play like the two steps that are very like do do. Right? Yeah, and I was yeah. just like, 
And I, I just call them like caveman beats because they're so like straightforward. <laughs> yeah. They're so straightforward. So then I was just like, yo, I'm just going to take that. And like, instead of being like, like, like two steps. I mean, I still do those from time to time, but I feel like the other ones just. It's so much harder to hit it. Like just the yeah. one singular. It's so much yeah. harder. Yeah. I love those ones. Yeah. So I, I just like write a lot of that. There isn't many hardcore bands that do that. I mean, when I when obviously we played with you guys and you came over, it, I, I don't know, it, the whole stump, it adds a stump to it, adds a real, like, it just makes you want to bang your head. Like, totally. It's yeah. Cool. It's I really feel like cool. it hits like those simple riffs, like just even harder. Yeah. Like if it's just, yeah. keep it simple, like right on the, yeah, I love it. Yeah. You can tell. It's, it's, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's, it's um, so as I was, Inspiration and mortality rate. And for you as an individual, what was sort of the peak for you as a musician? Was there a sort of time? I mean, obviously you've came over to UK and you've done Europe. Was there that sort of like the peak in your musical career? Or was there another time or um yeah, that, that was a huge one. That was definitely like, you know, like oh shit, like okay, this is happening. And then uh so before I was even in mortality rate, I used to play uh, drums in uh, this band called Withdrawal. And they're all kind of tied into like like Gehenna and integrity, like kind of okay. like more like, like Holy terror. And we got to do stuff. Like we got to play, uh, um, and that was like the first touring band I was ever in. And then we got to play tours like in Chicago, like at the rumble, I got to go on tour with Gehenna. Sick. Uh, and we got to go on tour with, uh, catharsis. Oh, sick. Yeah. Like all these like, you know, old hardcore bands. And at the time I was like, how does it get any better than this? Right. Like I was, I was 22 years old playing with these, you know, eighties, nineties, two thousands, like hardcore bands. And I was just like, this is insane. But like for that band, we only did us. We were supposed to do the UK for, we're supposed to play. What's that fest in Belgium? Eper? Eperfest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We're supposed to play that. And there was like bolt thrower and toxic Holocaust all in this fest. And Oh shit. Like I'm finally going to tour Europe. Like this is going to be amazing. And then, uh, we got a call back about like how our, the guy that was booking the whole thing only booked something like four shows for us, including like Eberfest. And I was just like, I looked at the guys. I was like, guys, are we really going to spend $1,500 to fly to Europe to wow. play four shows? I was like, it, it, I was like, it makes no sense. And then so, uh, cause yeah, I guess the guy that was booking it, he just dropped the ball and never booked anything else. Oh, and then, uh, and then we got a call back about, maybe two weeks later. And I was doing a guest spot in Vancouver and uh, I get a call and I was just like, it was like our vocalist. He was like, yo, I got some, I got some good news and I got some bad news. And I was like, Oh fuck. Okay. I was like, what's the, what's the good news? And he's like, okay, so rain Supreme found out about our, you know, tour not being like properly booked and they want to like bring us out with them. And I was like, yo, <laughs> that's fucking sick. Let's go. And he's like, but it starts in two weeks. And I was like, wow. Oh my God. And like at the time, like our uh, bass player, like, I don't think he even had a job. So I was oh, like, damn. yeah. So yeah, that never happened. But yeah, as far as like touring goes, playing Europe. Oh my God. I was just like, let's go. So how, how, had, how did it feel like being over like UK and Europe? How does that feel like being like, I don't know. Like, you know a lot of people ask, like are UK crowds better than like us crowds or stuff like that. And I'm like, it's pretty the same because I feel like, you know, like some people they're kind of like, I mean, this goes for kind of for like everywhere. I feel like there's just like certain like groups of people that are just still like lumped in with like a certain genre or time yeah. of hardcore. I found like in Paris, they're still kind of like on that, like rotting out street prowl era, which is like I, one of my favorite records and stuff like that. But that was like what, 2000 and oh shit, like 13 or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I felt like Paris was kind of just like in that era still. And then, uh, but for the most part, everything else was just like, everybody knew what was going on. But like when we played Manchester, apparently people were telling us they're, they're like huge into like beat down. Beat down is just like a huge thing in the UK as it is. Anyway. Yeah, and I was just like, yikes, mortality rate restoration is far from that. <laughs> but no i I still have a good time like i would do it all over again any second like yeah it just just like to hear like yo you guys want to play europe it's just like holy shit that's so sick yeah 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 uk beat oh man that's like a very very common thing i mean that was part of the reason why cauldron 
became sort of a metalcore band because it was like there were so many beatdown bands. It was just like, okay, yeah. Let's just not do it. <laughs> no, what yeah, was, fair enough. What were some of the better cities you played in the UK then? What do you think was a good city? Uh, what were we good? Like Birmingham was fucking sick. Like that show was insane. What else was cool? I was actually really surprised with that, to be fair, considering obviously we obviously played Charlton with you the night before yeah. and it was so quiet. Yeah. Like hardly anybody there. And then Birmingham, it was actually really packed, which was so surprising. Yeah, that show was so sick. And then what else was fucking uh, Glasgow? Glasgow is great. Glasgow. Yeah, great. that that show, and that was like our second day there. We're like, holy shit! Like this is, or yeah, it was like their second or third day. And then, what else was cool? Paris was fun. Um, I think there was a show we played in Germany, somewhere like some small town in Germany. And in some, and somewhere in Austria too. Like all those shows were so fun. It's crazy. Yeah, there was a lot. I'd, I'd have to look look at the tour, like the flyer game. And I, I, you know, I named four, but then I like go back and I'm like, oh, that was a great show. That was a great <laughs> yeah, show. yeah, just all there, there was there was maybe two or three shows. It was kind of like the first show we played in England or uh, UK was like in Newcastle. Oh, Is it Newcastle? No, it was. Uh, it was like this tiny little fucking town. We Is played that- like in this. That wasn't the Cheltenham show, was it? No, 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 no. Um, yeah, we played in like the basement of like this arcade, and there was like, was it Liverpool? No, I'll see if I can hear. I'm gonna pull up the uh, see if I could find the uh, arcade. That's weird. Yeah, it was like this. Or here, it's gonna drive me crazy. <laughs> um. Fuck, was in Cheltenham. Lincoln? Oh, Lincoln. Lincoln, yeah. You guys played in Lincoln. Wow. Yeah. That was the first UK show. Yeah. So we get there and uh yeah, like it was like this tiny little fucking venue, and there's maybe maybe 15, 20 people. But I was like, I kind of looked at it like, okay, this is like I I look at small shows like that as like this is just a band practice. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like I have, yeah. So I just took it as that and then like still have a good time. But, uh, you know, I'm playing in front of 15 people. It's chill like that. And the Cheltenham show were probably like the most whatever shows. And then I think there was one in Germany as well. Bochum like that. Those, those three were probably the ones that were probably like, uh, let's just take this as a band practice. Lincoln. That's so bizarre. I've played in like a few bands now since I started playing in bands and, I don't think I've ever played Lincoln. I don't think I've ever played close. Really. I mean, I played Nottingham, which isn't too far, but Lincoln, that's so weird. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Anyway, so part of, part of obviously the interview I wanted to do was just talk a little bit more about yourself because obviously you're a tattooist as well as uh, you put on Wild Rose and then yeah. as well as obviously I've seen you do like vintage clothing sort of yeah. page. So talk me a little bit about your tattooing and how did you come to sort of start and where's the style sort of come from uh like so just like just mostly like out of hardcore like people going to shows and just like bands i looked up to i just saw like a lot of like traditional tattoos and i was just like i mean growing up again i was just always into drawing so probably like about 11th grade i was like i knew what i wanted to do like i was like i want a tattoo like that's it and then out of high school it took me about a year and a half to get an apprenticeship because I would just go to shop to shop to shop and they'd be like, no, we're not looking or like fuck off. And so I got like another job in the meantime, just to like, you know, get some money coming in or whatever. And then I just kept bugging the same shops over and over and over to the point where they're like, okay, like it sounds like, you know what you want to do. So, uh, that was like in 20 or 2000 and maybe nine, 2009 I've been tattooing. So like since right around then, and then yeah, at right now like I'm on my like fifth shop that I've worked at, but I'm usually at every shop for like three to like five years. Okay, That's yeah. Cool. Wow. So do you have like a specific style? I've seen obviously on your social media you do have a set style, but I've seen like every now and then you will do something a little bit different. Yeah, like I I I try to mostly stay with like traditional and stuff like that but i just i don't want to like put myself into a box like i want to try like do some black and gray or yeah. as close to like realism like 
as possible, but I feel like I'd rather be good at one, one thing opposed yeah. to like kind of good at a bunch of other ones. Yeah. No, it's understandable. Yeah. yeah. So, but uh, like, go on. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, go on, go on. I was going to say like, even now, like I'll, I'll look at like a tattoo I did like, you know, six months ago or whatever. And I'm like, Oh, like why the fuck would I do it like that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what was I thinking? And then I just, you know, I just, I, I hate when tattoo artists like just stop like learning or trying anymore because then I, you can just see like their, like their artwork just go down so far because they just give up and they like, Oh, people are going to come get tattooed by me either way. And it's just like, I don't know because there's an apprentice that's like coming up and they're going to kill it. Yeah, and then they're going to, yeah. I don't, I don't think I know a single tattooist that doesn't take a look at some of their work previously and go, fuck, why did I do that? Or yeah. why did I do it that way? And, and it, like you said, it just makes you strive to be that little bit better. Exactly, yeah. And just try that little bit extra. That's cool. So yeah, yeah. Uh, talk to me a little bit about this vintage page you've got going on them. So where did the idea for that come from? Obviously, you just buy loads of vintage metal. Yeah, so like... Uh-huh. oh yeah like now it's it's just like fucking crazy but uh yeah when i was like 13 like 12 or 13 i, I used to buy the, a lot of like music shirts like i would go buy like slipknot and cold chamber and manson and like misfits like i would just my bedroom would be like i was like that guy in high school like that kid in high school or junior high that would have like always wearing a music shirt and then kind of got into skateboarding and stopped wearing all my like my music shirt stuff and like Fast forward a little bit more to like now, uh, probably about like three years ago, I started slowly getting back into it. And I would see like old Slipknot shirts that I used to have. And I'm like, fuck, like those are so sick. So I'd start buying them. And then I uh, didn't even think about like reselling them. So I'm spending like, I mean, the prices then compared to now are like night and day. But uh, but I would just like start buying and buying and buying. And then I'm like looking at my like bedroom. I have like all these shirts. And then... I would sell, I, I would like start a Depop and then uh, I would kind of sell like my smaller stuff first. And I'm like, oh shit, like there's actually a market here for this. Like I was completely oblivious to like there even being like a, an entire like community to like vintage selling, right? So I'd be like selling like a Life of Agony shirt or something like that or a Chrome Egg shirt. And yeah, I'd get like, you know, 90 bucks for uh, like a life of agony or something like that. Right. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, this is insane. And then like this fast forward to now, like right when COVID started, I was out of work for three months. So I'm just kind of like sitting, like, like looking at all the stuff that I have. And right around that time too, like the whole like vintage, like community or whatever, they started doing like online lives. Like you can like go on lives and like watch people sell shit. I was like, I have like a fucking bedroom filled with stuff. So I would get on lives like wrestling shirts and um, like music stuff. And the first time I went on, um, I had like a Razor Ramon, like 1993, I think it is. And I flipped that for like 600 American. What? Yeah. (laughs) So like I had, I had, uh, I had two other shirts that night too, that I sold that were like on auction. Then I had like a bunch of like, Oh, by the way, I also have these shirts too. If you get anybody wants to like DM me, I also have these for sale. But yeah, like just in that night within a half an hour, I made like $1,200 American. What? Like, like that. that is yeah. Insane. So, so yeah. And then but the shitty thing too, with like when COVID started, like all the shipping stuff was taking forever to show uh, up. Yeah. Right. So like, I'd be buying like a bunch of stuff from the U S and it would take like a month and a half to show up. So I'm kind of just sitting here being like, okay, I'm not making any money from the shop. And I only have like, you know, a handful of stuff that I'm willing to sell still. And like, I have no money coming in. So that was kind of like a shitty thing. But now with like shipping, you know, kind of picking back up, like I was up till like two o'clock in the morning last night selling shit. (laughs) Wow. Just I just, yeah. Yeah. It's a real, real sort of bad time for like shipping and stuff. I know. I was talking to a guy yesterday from a label, the Coming to Strife label. Yeah. Um, and he was just saying, like, it's super hard for him, not only with COVID, but obviously Brexit as well in the UK. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel you paying, man, because it's oh, yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Um, but- so talk to me a little bit about Wild Rose then, because obviously 
there isn't, like you said earlier, there isn't many festivals and stuff that go on up that sort of way. And Wild Rose is kind of like the hardcore fest to be at in Canada, really. Talk yeah. Like, we started that and where the idea came from. So that one started, there's like, there's a small town just south of Calgary that kind of, that started it like maybe three years before Wild Rose kind of kicked off. Um, but that one was very like, it was just called three cities where it would be like Calgary, Edmonton, and there was a, uh, and the city that it was in, it was called Lethbridge. So like, it would just be like those three cities, everybody would just come down, play a show. And then that kind of got a little bit bigger, but still in the same town. And then that took a hiatus for probably about two or three years. And then the guy that started that one started, uh, I can't remember what he called the fest originally. It took a while for it to actually be called Wild Rose. But uh, it went through like a couple different like cycles of names. And like there was one year we had Bitter End and Zabalba. We've had like sure. Power. We've had like, yeah, Power from uh, like the, the Washington State area play. And then what else did we have? And then like, so when I got involved, because just from like touring, I was like, yo, I can like hit up some people in bands and see if they want to come down and play, right? So, uh, I hit up like, remember, uh, like I remember messaging like old wounds. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. Like, do you guys want to play like this fast? And they're like, Oh, absolutely. But right around that time, I think they broke up like weeks before the fucking fest was starting. And I was damn. just like, oh, damn, like this is the, you know, this is the shitty stuff now about being a promoter. Like, <laughs> cause prior to that, like I would help friends like put on shows, but I would never actually like put on a show. Yeah. yeah. So now I'm like feeling like, Oh my God, like I, now I get how stressful it is. Right. And then, so, um, the guy that started, like, originally started, like, the whole thing, he left, like, he moved to a new, like, different city. He wanted nothing to do with it anymore. And then there was still myself and two other guys that, like, when it picked up on Wild Rose when we had um, Homewrecker and Harm's uh, Way do it the one year. That was the first year of it being, like, Wild Rose. Sick. And then, so, the, so then the, the next year... Um, uh, yeah, he left like the guy that originally started it left, and then, then we just like we're like, all right, what are we gonna do now? We didn't really think about like we're like, oh, you know what? Like, let's have like we're because we're trying to save as much money as possible. Like, we're trying to think straight. Like, bring in bands that I know people want to see. We're like, let's do Power Trip and Mammoth Grinder, like for headliners, because you know, like the, the the singer for Mammoth Grinder plays in Power Trip, so we're gonna save like like plane tickets from there, right? So. uh um, our buddy Evan, who like helped put on the show, he passed away. So then we got uh, two more guys that like that we've been friends with like forever to like jump on. And one of them is like his name's Curtis, like, like Curtis, and uh, he's good at like dealing with like grants and like promoting and getting all that stuff going, right? So he got us a like a couple grants, and that's why like the the year before or 2019 we had uh, All Out War and wow. like. Um, who else but like Jesus peas and the beautiful ones and candy. Like we had all this money, like coming in from like the Canadian government, right. That would like help us. And like um, indigenous, like, cause like he's indigenous, right. So he would have like his, his community and stuff like that, like help out and stuff like that. And we would like plot, like promote it. And, like, you know what I mean? So like we had help from so many like different people, which was amazing. And, uh, and we're just kind of like, okay, like these people are helping us out. Like, let's help, you know, like, let's get the name out. Let's, you know, let's, you know, just give, give the entire country something that like, you know, not a lot of people have access to because not everybody can, you know, spend, like take a week off and go down to Philadelphia for this is hardcore or, you know, down to LA for sound and fury and stuff like that. Right. But the one shitty thing with like where we are is it, it would like, so below us is Montana, yeah. which is not, you know, a very like, you know, populated state where like a lot is going on compared to like, let's say if we were in Toronto, cause like Detroit's like right there. So like to bring bands in, it's kind of like, I mean, if they want to drive, they can drive, but it's going to take a little while or if they like just tore up to Calgary. But, uh, but other than that, like the big, the bigger bands, like we have no choice, but to fly them in, like it, it is what it is. Right. But, uh, the year like we were 2020 we were like all right like no more fucking around <laughs> like we had some money still like i think we had some money saved from the year before so we just kind of like put it back in the the wild rose fund and then that's why we had like knock loose and 
mad ball and like never ending game. Like we're like, let's just go full swing because there's no other fest happening in Canada right now. Like there's none like heart fest used to be out in, um, by Ottawa, like on the other side of Canada and they had big bands. They've had like earth crisis and no warning and like a bunch of big bands too. But I don't think they've done that now for like four years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was like, I was saying, obviously judging by the lineups, the lineups have been pretty big. I mean, like you said, the year 2020, that lineup was insane. I'm still proper like upset about it that I couldn't, Dude, when we got like, I so first like, about it. Oh my god! Even to this day, like I'll look at the flyer on my phone. I'm like, God, like we had it, like we had the. Flyer. Yeah, yeah, literally. That was like, oh man, it was a dream. That was a dream for us, man. We going yeah. over to Canada and we were playing with like not losing and shit. It's just yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's like I remember because I, I, I when we were like in uh, when we played the show with you guys in uh, Birmingham, there I was like. Do you guys want to play? <laughs> yeah, of course. Obviously. I think it was, I think it was somebody in your band. I can't remember who it was. It might've been you. You're like, Oh yeah. Like up in Calgary is that we're like wild roses. And I was like, yeah, I book wild rose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah, the- yeah. I think, I think yeah, yeah. I think it was me actually. Yeah. That's- yeah. And I was like, do you want to play? <laughs> and you guys are like, what the fuck? Okay. Yeah. I remember mean, like sort of when the show ended, we were like, surely he's not actually going to book us. Surely he's not actually <laughs> going to ask us to go to Canada and play. And then when you ask us, we're like, oh, fuck, let's, like, let's just do it. Let's go. Let's do it. Oh, yeah. And like and until that entire time. So like that was in September when we played with you. And then you guys dropped your record in January. Yeah. I was just like, guys, like this band's coming out with a fucking record. Like I'm telling you, it's going to be so crazy. And they're like, oh, okay. Like, you know, like, well, like everybody gave the thumbs up. They're like, yeah, sure. Like, sounds good. And then the record dropped and they're like, <laughs> like let's go that's so sick but yeah there's so many so people here being like, like we would put stuff on like our uh our instagram being like you know what bands are you looking forward to seeing and there was like there would probably be like you know let's say there's 20 people that got us back like i would say almost half of them were like cauldron 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 like it was yeah. down the list. oh yeah it was wow. just because like at the time too like like the whole metalcore sound yeah. and stuff that was like huge right so we were just like and there wasn't like a lot of that on that actual fest. There was like us, you guys and wrist. Yeah. 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 And we kind of like kept the shows like they're like all like us three bands would play the same day. Yeah. It was quite clever. Cause you played sort of all the metal bands on the Sundays. It's like not loose and stuff. And then on the Saturday it was like mad ball and, and never ending game. Yeah. And who was on there? Um, drain was drain on it as well. Drain was on that day. Yeah. But yeah, like there was us there. Like, fuck me. <laughs> like, I look at him like the fest I got away. Like, the best fest that never happened. There was so much like we were supposed to do, but that was like the biggest thing for us that year was doing that. And oh, yeah, man, still hurts. Oh, still. yeah. I, I, I was talking to Fraser like not too long after like the whole thing got canceled and I still have to do it. But like, I had like the laminates, like, you know, like, oh, like the wild laminates. So like I'll I'll grab them and just mail them out to you guys because like uh, you know yeah. just to say you're on the, <laughs> the yeah, list. just to say we're actually playing like we could have played. yeah 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 no, that's because he was like dude he's like please send them out just like just give like I'm sure all the guys in the band would want one I was like yeah, I mean for sure. we're not doing anything with them if you guys want them like yeah, we've had people sure. that wanted to go to the show that want them that's crazy because yeah, we're sitting sure. on three hundred of them right. Yeah, nah, for sure. Like, if you if you get a chance, even if we just ping you the money for the postage, we'll definitely take. Oh yeah, hands. yeah. Like, I'll hit up uh, Jay, who also like who puts on the fest and was the one that like got them all made and stuff like that. Well, he was the one that like ordered them, but um, yeah, he's got them all right now. I'd be like, yeah, if you send me your address or something like that, then I'd be like, Jay, send them out. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Oh yeah, because I mean, plan- like, are you planning on doing it sort of next year, provided everything's. Yeah, okay. if everything's good to go, like, uh, like, you know, we we I think we actually have a meeting today, um, just to, like shoot the shit, like you know, what are the future plans? I, I have a couple of good, like, I have a cool, a couple of cool ideas, um, that I want to do. I mean, it all depends on like certain bands if they want to play, so it kind of relies on that. Yeah. If not, then we will just keep going with the same like like you know recipe that we've always kind of gone with yeah but like I, all the bands all the bands that never got to play uh like in 2020 like i have no problem hitting everybody back up and being like i mean 
<laughs> want to try again? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you ask us, we're not going to say no. Exactly. Yeah. Like, we're definitely yeah. not going to say no. I th- yeah. I think we'd literally just do like an entire email, like, or Instagram DMs being like, you know, the offer's still on the table if you want to come out and play because that's just a lot less stress than like waiting for, you know, hay breed or something like that to get back to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you probably wait until like, you probably have to wait a year just for hate breed. Exactly. Back, yeah. Exactly. But it, it's crazy. Like with wild rose, like there's some bands that we've asked or that's even like contacted us about playing. Like we asked uh, life of agony if oh, they wanted sick. to play and they were like, yeah, sure. What? <laughs> I bet you were like, just like, what? Yeah. Life of agony was like, was an option. Um, like ceremony hit us up, what? but I think yeah, but right around the time too, they couldn't do it or something came up like last minute, which is like whatever. So we kind of like have like certain bands like in our pot, like back pockets. There was also uh, like not a lot of people like I'm just like now airing like a lot of shit out here now, like bands that we've like asked to play. Like what's another one? Uh, oh, there was another cool one. Uh, we tried getting Cold World. Oh, sick. Wow. But like one of them, I think it's the vocalist lives in England. Yeah. Yeah. Um- I think one of them lives in Belgium. Is that right? So yeah, something like that. But like, yeah. I, I, around the time when Wild Rose happens, he has like a summer camp, I believe. Okay. So he can't take that time off because he's busy for like like three or four months, right? So we're like, that's why I, I think it was this year's Wild or 2020's Wild Rose. Why it was pushed a week back or something like that. So we had that like that date. Because we're like, oh, let's just fly out cold, like buddy from Cold World, <laughs> or let's have Cold World on the this, the fest, and so they they can play. But yeah, like it never happened. But I mean, the lineup that we have, I thought was still pretty sick. Yeah, the lineup was crazy. I mean, you had like yeah. you had all the like sort of the new newer bands, like you know, Not Lose Drain, Never Ending Game. But then you had obviously Mad Bull. Yeah, which is you know a little bit of everything. And yet our pre show, our pre show was like a lot of. uh like shoegazy or kind of more like, like oh, really, yeah, like yeah, the, the, the beginning, yeah, the pre-show or the first day, I guess, was it's it was like you know hardcore related, but it wasn't like hardcore bands. That's cool. That's a cool way yeah. to do it as well, because that sort of sometimes you'll go to a festival and like I've I've been to a few festivals here in the UK that are hardcore festivals, but like Total Fight would have been on it or Basement yeah. would have been on it or Drug Church or someone like that and it would really like balance it out. Yeah, exactly. So it really balanced it out for me and I feel like that's a good way to do it, you know, have a day where it's just you know, chill sort of stuff before the yeah. chaos sort of starts. 100%. Definitely. Yeah, that's how we looked. And I think on like the first day too, there was one band um, flashback and they're uh, they're kind of more like on the like uh <laughs> hardcore new metal side oh, but like okay. cool. more but more like the best way i could describe it is like pod like that. oh wicked no way yeah they're like on that style that would have been cool yeah uh, so have you got any plans for well, I'd say 2022 now, probably, because this year has been a bit of a write-off so far. Has any of your band I mean, got any plans coming up? Uh, like, Mortality Raid, we're sitting on some stuff to write a, an LP, hopefully. Oh, okay. But yeah, Mortality Raid's got a bunch of songs in the pocket. Um, Serration, I was talking to Coulter the other day. We might do, like, three or four songs. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably do that. Like he wants to record them in July. Okay. So we'll probably just go through the whole process of like how we did the last stuff. And then we were asked to do a fest in October or not a fest, a, a tour. But like, I, I can't even say any like a lot right now just because I don't know if it's a for sure thing yet. So I don't, I don't want to like put it out there and be like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but if it happens, awesome. If it doesn't, it's like hope for the best, expect the worst, right? Yeah. As far as that goes, it's just like I haven't jammed like mortality rate and serration haven't jammed since like late November, early December. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, Colden got their first, we got our first practice in last weekend as a group. And that was the first time since maybe sort of September, October, I think. Yeah. And it sucks as well because obviously we'd booked to record. So the, the plan sort of now is for us is to do a full length as well. So we'd bought to record like a two track as like a promo mm-hmm. and we'd learned all the songs and then 
COVID happened, so we'd forgot all the songs. So now we yeah. have to cancel the recording, relearn the songs. Then we've just just this weekend just gone gone to reboot the recording, and we can't get in with our with the producer until October. <sighs> so it's just like, and see, like that's the thing, like like as feeling bad for, and this is going to happen a lot. I can, I can, like, I already know it's happening. I'm sure a lot of people do. It's just like because you have all these like recording studios and like these venues that are have nothing going on right yeah and then yeah, like, yeah. the doors start opening their floodgates are just booked so like you know let's just say on a good day um let's say like every covid was chill right now right like let's say we're still out there but like touring is gonna be fine there's gonna be you're gonna see so many tour flyers and it pop. Like, exactly it's, there's gonna be so many tours going on it's like oh if i don't go see so and so today so-and-so is here tomorrow like oh cannibal corpse is playing here tomorrow well i'm just gonna go see carcass the day after you know what i mean there's gonna be so many yeah, bands it is, it is. and there's venues that are gonna be so booked up where it's like oh i want to go on tour it's like well we can't play in this big city because this all the venues here are booked up but here's a tiny little town or a smaller city that's near it that you can play so it's gonna be like very pick and choose or like yeah it's quite funny you say that to be fair because i mean for the UK at the moment, it is sort of, I mean, it's the 21st of June. That's when all our restrictions are supposed to like, that's it. Like not COVID no more, but like it's like, like full freedom like- again, like back to normal. And I still feel like a lot of people are still being really hesitant about it. Like there's still, I think Redden and Leeds is still happening. But like okay. Glastonbury was cancelled as soon as the year came in. Download was cancelled. I know 2000 Trees got cancelled. So it's like, I don't know. I think people are still really hesitant about it. Yeah. I mean, I get it. But at the same time, too, it's just like, I mean, to live with that fear of, I, I mean, like, COVID is a very real thing. Like, I'm not taking that away from anybody, but like, it's not going to go anywhere anytime soon. You know what I mean? And it's like, if you do get the vaccine, it's kind of like less than you need to worry about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause like, as soon as I get my shot, like I'm going to a show, you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Like, well, that's, that's the thing too. I remember, I think I was listening to Axe the Grind a few weeks back and they were talking about that show that happened in New York recently. Did you I see the one that happened in LA? No, I haven't seen that. Dude. It was like under this bridge in LA, something like there was thousands of people and there was fireworks popping off in the air and like, uh, yeah, it was insane. There's, there's fucking uh, LA, uh, LA like police department, like helicopters flying over, like flashing like floodlights. And there's people on like the bridge, like the highway bridge, like getting out of their cars and watching the show. It looked insane. What's that? Who played? Alpha and Omega, what? Uh, Section Hate. And there was like probably about six other bands that played. It Dude. was fucking wild. Wow. Yeah. So one of the one of the things was when that New York show came about. It was like, is it a clever thing to do? You know, no one was really social distancing, and and there was no masks or anything like that. But it's like the way I kind of see it now. It's like do it at your own risk, kind of thing. But exactly. I don't know. So for me, if I like, like I'm the same with you. If I was fully vaccinated, I think, then I'd consider doing it. But I think for now, I'd stay away from it. Yeah, like I know some people that are like, you know, that are like, as of like July, they're like, that's my like breaking point. Like that's when I'm gonna be like, fuck it, I'm gonna start going to shows. But there's like some shows that, uh, like, there's this one guy that I follow. He he's like pretty big in like the vintage community, and he also books like a lot of like uh, Latin artists and stuff like that. Like he's like. Like um, uh, Bad Bunny and stuff like that, like okay. all those like artists. Yeah, and there's like f- so many pack shows that are happening in Florida. Like no you would never think that uh, COVID was even a thing. Well, that was when, like, that, it, I didn't I didn't actually know about that show that happened in the UK until like a, a few days after it happened, and I, I was so surprised because it was like, I mean, it was outdoors, but it was under a tent, and it was like thousands of people it was like this was like that um see how shows or like see how everything goes yeah it was like a test kind of thing i mean i still haven't yeah. seen much come back from it so i'm guessing everything's still okay but how yeah, long ago was, was that like, uh i think it was around about a week ago 
okay. Roughly about a week ago. So Yeah, I heard they did a show in, I think it was somewhere in Europe. They had 5,000 people. I don't think it was the UK, though. Is it Barcelona? Um, I think I see. It was, it was something like Barcelona or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think I saw something about Barcelona. Yeah, it was kind of like a test, too. And, I mean, I haven't heard anything back from that yet. I think me personally, if someone said, would you want to be part of this test? I would say no. But obviously, if I was vaccinated, I'd be like fully up for it. Yeah. You know, it's a very, very strange time at the moment, man. What a time to be alive. It fucking sucks. <laughs> it's the fucking worst time to be alive. Um, did you, so, guys, what did you guys all have planned uh, wait, like before COVID happened? Like, would you guys, aside from like Wild Rose and stuff like that? Um, so we had Wild Rose. Um, I think confirmed we had, uh, we were playing a festival in Belgium with, I think, Morning Again and the Archangel. Oh, yeah. Um, we had a few smaller shows. We had a few things booked that I kind of can't mention because they still may happen. There was two tours that were supposed to happen, which was pretty cool. It was bands that were coming over. Yeah. Um, that we were supposed to be going out with, but they didn't happen. Whether they do happen again, I don't know. But I know that one of the tours that was booked is supposed to be happening again next year. So fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, other than that, I mean, we had a lot booked, but it was like, again, like I said, none of it was kind of announced. Yeah. So it was like, we couldn't, yeah, you couldn't, but there were big things as well. So yeah. Like we were supposed to go back over. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I know. I know know a few guys that were like booking the shows and stuff. I know. Yeah. So it's just like, fuck, like, I, I, like, as far as like, playing shows and stuff like that goes it's like i don't know when like we'll be able to come back over or if i don't know like fingers crossed right yeah i mean obviously we hope you come back over but oh 100 like yeah yeah we're like oh you know in 2022 or whatever maybe like do you guys want to go back to europe i'm like <laughs> yeah yeah no brain like, brain. I, we got to make up for some like lost time here yeah i feel that's that's one of the things with collagen i think one of the worst things for us as well, really, was obviously we dropped the EP in January 2020, like when the the pandemic hit. Yeah. So it was like the worst time, really, because we did do quite well off the record, but we couldn't actually do anything off the back of it. And then obviously when yeah. we did the tour, we did like a, a weekend there. We got, obviously, the van got stolen with all the yeah. gear in it. And then, yeah, literally when we were sort of trying to get all the gear back and sort of fund money for it, that was when COVID hit. So it was like... What's the point? It's like a yeah. bullshit year for Gorgon, really. Like, it was all well and good releasing the EP, but a lot of bad shit happened. It was getting... Stuck, you know, it's, yeah, if it's not one thing, it's another, right? Yeah, exactly. It was, that's what I mean. It was like, we got robbed and then it was like, all your shit's been cancelled because COVID hit. So where were you guys? Where were you guys when all that stuff happened? We were actually home. We were in Birmingham when we got oh, okay. yeah when we got robbed. So I was actually really fortunate. And when so we played Glasgow and then we played Newcastle the next day. And for some reason, like a fucking dick, I broke my arm in Newcastle. Yeah. So I kind of like told my girlfriend, I was like, I broke my arm. And she was like, right, okay. So when we we went from Newcastle after the show and drove sort of close to Birmingham and stayed in this place that people call the college, which is basically where people put up bands. These people like put up bands in like an old college. Yeah. Um, And my partner, she picked me up from there and she drove me to and from Cardiff. So I left Cardiff, one of a broken arm, but still I had all my gear. So I took all my gear back in her car. So none of my gear got stolen, but then... I woke up in the morning, I had to go to the hospital, I'd broken my arm. And then Alex, the, the guitarist, calls me, he's like, the van's been robbed. And I was like, fuck. Bullshit. So yeah, it was, it's fucking such a terrible time. Was it part like that? That's just the worst. Like, I feel so bad for bands too. Like, you know, you'll see like, they're on tour and they're in the middle of like, you know, the Midwest or something like that. And you'll see like their entire side window smashed out and their laptops and, you know, whatever it may be over that, that was like the thing is for us, they they literally took the van. So they literally just 
broke obviously broke the window, hot wired the van, and just stole the van. So they stole oh, the buddy. van with everything in it, literally everything. Holy but one one of the coolest things from it was, you know, so many people. It was really humbling because so many people come together to like help us get some of the money back. Yeah, and they did do like quite well. Like, at, you know, the label that put the record out, they helped us massively. We have a few, a few friends that run like a gaming podcast. They like sold a bunch of old like game memorabilia to get like some money. That's cool. It's really cool to see people come together and do that kind of thing. But hell yeah, I, I honestly wouldn't wish it on anybody, man. It's the worst. Oh no, not at all. Yeah, it's the worst. What have you been listening to at the minute? Right now, I'm listening to like a lot of. Oh man, I'm like on the biggest like Deftones kick right now. Oh man, me too. Weirdly yeah. enough, me too. I was yeah. listening. Yeah. I, was, I was listening to uh, Diamond Eyes of the Night. Which was not really okay. my go-to Deftones record, but there's something yeah. on that record that really cool. Diamond Eyes is sick, and for me, it's like Queno Yokin and like White Pony. Those are like my yeah. Big White Pony is like the the yeah. one. I really like self-titled though. I think that's oh yeah, yeah, self yeah. And then like, what else have I been listening to? Like the new Zayo record. I haven't checked it out. It's been it, it like it's it's there's not a lot of. I find it's more like on the heavier side. Like oh really. Yeah, like there's not a lot of crazy, like you know, metalcore, like panic stuff going on. But it, it's here and there. But I find it's more of like on a heavier side record. Okay. Um, but other than that, like I listen to like a lot of like West Coast rap. Like, uh, rap. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Fair yeah. Enough. That's always like that's always yeah. like my big thing. The God's Hate record's really good. I think that's one of the newer records that I've been spinning recently. Which one? God's Hate. The new God's. Okay. Hate yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. That record popped off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember like I was listening to again. I was listening to Axe the Grind, and they were talking about how like their monthly listeners on Spotify went from like two thousand, and then dropped that EP, and it flew up to like fifty thousand or something stupid. Something incredible, yeah. And it's just like uh, you know, like also too, like with COVID and stuff like that, like dropping a record like that with yeah. you know being behind you, yeah, it's just gonna. It's it, like it, it's like a blessing and a curse at the same time because like you know it's like all eyes are on you. You know, like here's this band that's just put out a record, so now everybody's gonna flock to your record. But then it's just like, well, we can't tour, so enjoy it. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, it's one of them. I think that's I mean, how it is too right now with like every time I die. Like they have like yeah. an entire new record written, and they're not releasing it. From what I've heard, they're not releasing it until they can play. They got some big tours coming up as well. I think is it every time I die that are coming to the UK? I think they come to the UK with Jesus, Jesus Peace. Peace. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's, that's bonkers. <sighs> yeah, and like the Bronx and stuff like that. That's it. Yeah, is it, is it the Bronx and Jesus piece? I think. That's yeah, I think there might crazy. be one other band, but it's for sure those three. Yeah, that's crazy. And every time I die, I could see that band play every day, and and see like when you were going back to like, um, like the height of like music career and stuff like that, like the UK, and like with me and Jess, like our our, our other biggest one was playing with Every Time I Die. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, we got to play two shows with them. And uh, like our friend, a friend of ours, she was, she was, um, she kind of knew some, like one of the guys in the band. Yeah. And she's like, oh, like here are some of my friends in this band that play in like Mortality Rate, check them out. And he was like, yo, like, do they want to do this Canadian tour? And they're on tour with Knocked Loose and Hollow Earth. But wow. at the time, by the time, by the time that whole entire Canadian tour was booked, was kind of around the same time our name got mentioned. So we never got to like do the whole thing. Like we, we got to play two shows, but the whole thing was kind of like, do you guys want to play all of Canada? But we would have to driven out to the hit the East coast, which wow. would take like, takes like five days. It's fucking crazy. Like, th- like three or f- three days for sure. But, uh, and then we would just have, like show by show by show by show. And it's funny because like, I remember after we were done, uh, I think it was the first day we played Edmonton. Um, or I think it was even the second day when we played Calgary the, with the promoter, he did a few shows like along the way, he was like, why don't you guys play more shows? And we're like, we weren't asked to, I mean, well, we were, but we were told no. Wow. Yeah. It was such a bummer. And it was cool to see news as well. Oh yeah. Like yeah. 2000 people cap. Shit. The, the one in Calgary was about 2000 people. The Edmonton one, there was probably about, yeah, probably about a thousand people. How did that feel? Yeah. Oh, insane. Like, yeah insane and it, 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 it was really like really humbling too when uh 
the next day they drove down to they played a show in Montana, like just not too far from like Calgary, but uh like one of the guys, I think it was like Andy from Every Time I Die was like, which mortality rate was still on this tour? And then like Isaac from Knock Loose was like, Yeah, me too. And I'm just like, Oh my god. Oh like, man, that's the worst. That's, that's fucking so cool to see. Yeah. That's but yeah, like I try to like keep in contact with all those guys as much as possible because just like you never know, like yeah, your band's name could be like in the back pocket, right? And they'd be like, What are you guys doing? It's just like, Yeah, exactly. Wait for, this, wait for this fucking phone call right now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Every time I die is such a hard working band as well. They're one of the very few bands from like that early like 2000s, like late 1990s, like 90s era that's still putting out still go and still put out good records. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can't think of like and like there's even some of the bands that are like my all-time favorite bands, like Slipknot. Like, you know what I mean? Like Every Time I Die has a flawless record, in my opinion, where I can't even say some of my all-time favorite bands don't even have that. Yeah. No, like, I know what you mean. Like, yeah, such a I'm hard like, band. Oh, yeah. They're so good. Um, so, one question that gets asked on the pod quite frequently um, that we sort of try and carry on is, if there was a show that you could go back to in time, what would it be? Any show, any uh, band, anywhere, what would it be? Any show. I uh, Probably the first time I saw Himsa. Okay. In like 2004, I saw them with Bleeding Through. Oh, sick. Yeah, I saw them with Bleeding Through. And so this was kind of like my introduction into like hardcore kind of. But uh, yeah, I saw Himsa, Bleeding Through, Arch Enemy, and Cradle of Filth. Wow. Those are four bands on the bill. And this like, seeing that, I was just like, even though Himstar is not really like a hardcore band, I guess it kind of like influences, but I was just like, if I would have known, I would have like been all about it back then. But yeah, yeah. I can go back and remember, like I've seen Himstar, like they did a reunion show 2016 or 2017 and it was amazing. But just to see them back in like 2004, yeah, that, that's one big show I could go back and I want yeah, to yeah, I think for me, like one of the first sort of experiences of hardcore was bleeding through. I felt I saw him support the first show I ever went to when I was like super young. I saw I think it was Bullet for Valentine or someone like that, but bleeding through was support. And that was oh, the yeah. first sort of taste of like real lot like, hardcore metal. Hardcore, yeah. Stuff. Yeah, they played a show bleeding through played a show here year like probably 10, 11 years ago, or maybe like more than that actually, but uh they played a show at this uh, tiny little venue with the, the cancer bats and uh, where this venue is like the ceilings are really low and right in front of the stage. So like, there's like the, like the floodlights that kind of just like show on the stage and they're held up by like this, like piece of rebar and like the vocalist, like wanted to throw out like the mic like that. And I ran and I jumped on buddy's shoulders. And as soon as I did that, like I cracked my head Oh shit! and I got like the gnarliest scar on the top of my head now. Missed like the rest of the show, and this oh, was like in the middle shit. of bleeding through set. Oh yeah, I had to get like fifteen stitches in my oh, hand. Damn, that was brutal. I mean, I'd love to go back and like relive that show, like minus the minus concussion. <laughs> yeah. But, so, um, any shout outs you want to give before we call it? Yo, shout out like Canadian hardcore, UK hardcore, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, man, like. Fuck, I cannot wait. Like, and there's so many bands here, like Trench. If, if anybody here doesn't listen to Trench from Cal- I have I have listened to it to fair. When obviously Wild Road was announced, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. trying to check out as many bands as I could. Trench really stood out. Yeah, check. In them fact, out. I think one of the guys followed me on Instagram. Not like my probably might have been Jay. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Was, uh, they're really cool. Really, really good. Yeah, but like a lot of a lot of cool stuff's coming. We're doing some shows together next year then. A hundred percent. I think, I think, you know, Canada hardcore and UK hardcore, a lot of it goes, you know, it gets swept under the rug a lot. Yeah. You know, because everybody can name, you know, 50 bands from the United States, but can you name 10 from either country from the UK or uh, Canada? Yeah, for sure. A lot of, a lot of slept on shit. A lot of gets slept on stuff. Yeah. Well, we better be doing some shows together next year then. Let's do it. Dude, it's going to pop off. Regardless of that, obviously, I hope we hang out next year because the same goes for everybody else in Mortality Rate Inspiration. Yeah. As a band, like, you guys was like, some of the nicest guys we'd ever met. Like, oh, we'd, like, we'd played with people, like, you know, we'd played with some bands from, like, the States that were, like, never, never really, they never really said anything to us after the show or anything, but you guys actually came and spoke to us. And, 
Yeah. Like we're just like so humble about the whole situation. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. And like, I don't know if you know, like Coulter is now in fucking mortality. Right? Oh shit. Really? Yeah, yeah. He plays guitar. Oh, sick. Yeah. yeah. I've spoken to him for a while. With a, I should probably hit him. But, uh, yeah. Some mortality rate stuff that we have. It's, it's fucking sick. Like yeah. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to put it out. Recording, it's going to be a nightmare, but... <laughs> I'm excited to hear it, to be fair. The last release was insane, so I'm, I'm really and excited to hear it. And I can only imagine what, like, Jess is going to pull out of her ass. Like, yeah. I'm always shocked by like, what she does and stuff like that. So, I'm like... Yeah, she's, yeah. Uh, she's very tired. Yeah. Anyway, man, I'll let you go. It was a pleasure to right, you. We'll talk soon. Likewise. Yeah, man. See you later, dude. All right, buddy. See you later, man. Peace. Sure. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Um, Cody is a very, very dear friend of mine, so please go and support Mortality Rate Serration. Both incredibly good bands, and hopefully we can see them over in the UK uh, next year. Um, again, check out our social media. Um, listen to us on all streaming platforms. Thank you very much.